0: Good morning. Good morning. This reminds me of the, where the members take their seats. <laughs> the congregate, well, wow, that worked. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Prayer cards. If you have a prayer request, if you'll raise your hand. I think we have somebody doing it. The Jeters, good. Okay, a reminder. Reminders, 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 okay? First, if your confirmation meets at four instead of 4.30 in the usual place. UMW Spring Luncheon is next Saturday at 11.30 here in the, in the social hall. Uh, the speaker is Deborah Plotsky from 10,000 Villages. If you've ever been in one of those stores, you will probably enjoy this speak this talk. Tickets are six dollars available in the church office or from a UMW member. Everyone is welcome. You don't have to be a member of the United Methodist Women. Administrative council has been postponed from the twenty second to the twenty-ninth at the usual time, four o'clock. And then last but not least, tonight at five o'clock is the big celebration of little Ellen's birthday here in the church with meal and entertainment and auction and all kind of good things. So if you haven't bought a $5 ticket, if you'll come today not at the door, you can still buy one, right? Right. Okay. Are there anything else I need to announce? That's it. Okay. Let's begin our worship together.
1: Will you stand and sing with us? See to... heads and pray with me gracious God we do long to give you our hearts and our souls but sometimes it is difficult to completely let go help us to give ourselves over fully to you and to use this Lenten season to learn you and to love you and to get to know you in ways that bring us closer than we have been before bless this group and this place this morning and focus our hearts and our minds on you as we prepare to worship In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Greet your neighbor and children, come forward for the children's sermon.
2: Good morning! How is everybody? Good! Good. I have a question. Are you ever afraid of the dark? Yeah, some yeses. some no's. Well, it's not unusual at all for anybody to say that they're afraid of the dark. Does anybody have a nightlight in their room to help with that? Yeah. What else helps us? Okay, what else helps us if we're afraid of the dark? A nightlight in our rooms at night? What? Keeping a lamp on, that's a good idea. Do you? Good deal. You don't? Well, it's probably a smart thing to have maybe a lamp or a nightlight in your room, even if you're not afraid of the dark. Maybe What happens if you need to get up in the middle of the night for a drink of water to go to the bathroom? If it's dark, Okay, that's a good idea, but if you don't have a nightlight, you might, even if you're not scared of the dark, you might stum your toe or hurt yourself just trying to walk around in the dark, and that can hurt. What about if you go for a walk at night? Somebody just said it. It's a good idea to carry what with you? A flashlight, right, or maybe a lantern. Even if you're not afraid of the dark, again, you could get hurt walking around at night in the dark but a flashlight or lantern will help you avoid those things that could harm you. If you have the choice of walking in the dark or walking in the light, what would you choose? I know which one I would choose. In a Bible reading today, it says, Jesus talks about light and darkness. He says light has come into the world, but what kind of light is he talking about? What? That's right. He is talking about the light of the world, Jesus. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. So you might be surprised to know that some people do actually choose not to walk in the light. They choose to walk in darkness. Can you imagine that? That's kind of hard for us to imagine or understand. Well, Jesus tells us that everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their evil may be exposed. So every day that we make choices to walk in the light of Jesus, we are choosing to live by the truth and walk in his light and it's plain for others to see. So as Jesus said, let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So what choice will you make? Do you think we can all walk in the light together? I think so, too. Will you repeat our prayer after me this morning? Dear Lord, help us make the right choices and always walk in your light. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. O Lord, we come to you this day and we're reminded of your steadfast love for us that endures forever and ever. We are your redeemed and we come from all lands of the earth and we offer our praise and our thanksgiving. And we're reminded this day that you loved the world so much you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Your light has come into the world, but we must confess that we continue in our deeds that are not worthy of You, O Lord. We act as though we love the darkness. We pray this day that You do not condemn us, that You'd be merciful to us, You would forgive us and invite us once again to live in the salvation in which you offer so freely. We're reminded that it's by grace we've been saved through faith and have been given the great privilege of spreading the good news of your riches of grace. And so help us this day, O Lord, with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we might boast simply of your great power and love. We also remind this day that from the earliest days of your covenant with us, your will was for the healing of the world. And this day, there are some in, within our congregation, family and friends that are sick, uh, some that are in t- trouble with in mind, body, or spirit. And we pray this day especially for a sister-in-law is just diagnosed with cancer. We pray especially for A daughter who has a prayer that's unspoken. We pray for the continuing healing of Karen. We pray, O Lord, for this church and all those that are within our prayer list and within our families and friends and that are within our hearts now as we pray for them. Lord, send forth your word and heal, deliver from destruction all those that are near and far. And we will thank You, O Lord. Hear us and answer us, not because of our works, but in the name of Jesus the Lord who taught us to pray these prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today we come to the fourth week of our series on the seven statements from the cross. And last week we, we heard Jesus entrust... His mother to John, and John to his mother, and in an effect entrusting his mother to all of us, uh, so that we are will never be motherless. We saw through their actions uh, the kind of sacrifice that's required of those who follow the Lord, and the statement today will reflect an agony that we have not previously heard or seen. And so now give attention to the reading of God's Word as found in Matthew, chapter 27, verse 45. From the sixth hour, which is noon, until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you for many things. Especially we thank you for the agony that you took upon yourself for us. Amen. I believe that this statement is probably one that's uh, one of the hardest ones sometimes for us to understand. But I believe that what is going on here is the complete mental and spiritual distress that our Lord found himself in at that moment. For I believe that it was at this very moment when the sins of the world were placed upon Christ. When he who had no sin became sin. I believe that is what was happening and it brought the agony of the separation from the Father. And Jesus felt that and expressed that in these words. Friends, whether we like it or not, sin separates us from God. Isaiah 50, nine two says, Your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden His face from you. The Father had hidden His face from Jesus as He took on the sin of the world. As painful as the physical cruelty of the cross was, I believe that this pain of isolation from the Father during that time hurt Jesus more than anything else could have ever hurt Him. And it must have been just as hard for the father to have turned away from his son as the son paid the ultimate price for us. Again, Isaiah speaks of this in Isaiah 53, 4, when he says, Surely he, the Messiah, took upon himself our infirmities, carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Christ not only paid the price for the sins of those who were gathered that day around the cross, not only for the sins of those who had abandoned Him in His hour and need, but also He paid the price for all the sins, past, present, and future. Even up until this point. God's justice required there had to be a price for these sins past, present, and future, was laid upon Jesus Christ that moment. And when you think about it that way, and when you think about the fact that your sin and my sin and everyone else's sin from then, now, and in the future is what caused Christ to have to go through, not just physically, but spiritually, it seems to me like there's really no way that we cannot hate sin if we truly love Christ. You know, most of us here have gone through the separation of some sort, either from a family member, or through divorce, or through death of a loved one. And you remember the pain that you felt? And as much as that separation brought agony to you, the agony, I believe, that our Lord went through that moment was so much worse. I believe Christ was separated from the love of the Father and in that moment felt totally abandoned in the world so we wouldn't have to. I think it's important for us to remember that at the beginning of creation, things were the way that they were supposed to be. The first man and woman walked in fellowship with God in the midst of this most beautiful creation. But when they sinned through their disobedience, that fellowship and intimacy with God was broken. And we are told in Genesis that when they heard the Lord God come walking in the garden, they hid from Him. They hid from Him because they had went from intimacy with Him and looking forward to the walks with the Lord to hiding because they knew they had been disobedient. They knew their relationship had been ruined. But now the relationship was being fixed. What was broken would be broken no longer. Listen to Paul explain it to the church at Rome. In Romans five nineteen, Paul writes, For just as through the disobedience of one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. Through the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ, taking the sin of the world upon Himself, our relationship has been repaired between God and man. What does that mean? That means that we can now be in the presence of God that we can now have fellowship with God. We can have it here and now. We don't have to wait. We can seek that strength and that fellowship that comes from a relationship with the Lord because we trust and believe that Christ did indeed that day bear on the sins the cross of all, bear on the sins on the cross for all so that we are now seen as righteous i had one person in the eyes of god we are now seen as righteous in the eyes of god i had one one um minister i heard one time speak and say, and say that when Je- when the lord god the father looks at you now he sees his son jesus christ isn't that a wonderful thought that when the lord looks at you he sees jesus christ you have been made righteous by Christ bearing the sins of the world upon the cross. And so what is our response? Again, listen to Paul, what Paul says in Romans. Romans ten nine. Paul says, If you will declare with your mouth, in other words, if you'll confess it out loud, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't know how there can be a more clear statement than that. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, God did create us to be in fellowship with Him forever. And then it was broken. And all these generations up until that point, until Jesus walked the earth, it was broken. But now it's repaired. Now we can have fellowship again. Now we can walk again in the garden with our maker, our creator. Yes, it's because of this love that Christ has for us that he went through that period of separation from His Father. So you and I don't have to. Christ experienced the worst of the human condition. There's nothing worse than being separated from God. Total separation. Listen to the writer of Hebrews. Chapter 4, verse 15, as he explains our great Lord Jesus Christ and what He did for us. He says, We did not have... A high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. And yet, was without sin until the sins of the world were laid upon him that day. Christ faced the same temptations, temptations we do and was obedient. All of us have been tempted to do things our own way instead of doing things the way God would have us to do them. And it's important for us to be reminded this day again that sin really hasn't changed. Sin is the same today as it was in biblical times. The evil one just uses new packages for the same old things. The, the, the evil one takes all of our advances and makes that we think have made us so, uh, so far above ancient people. And he uses those, and he still ensnares us into sin. It might look different on the outside, but inside it's the same old lie as before. And sin, the result of sin, is always the same. Sin brings a separation from God. Forsakenness. Being separated from God is the worst thing that could happen to any human And yet, we, as Katie said in her children's sermon, there are some people who choose the darkness. There are some who choose to walk through life not accepting what Christ did on the cross. Not accepting God's command to be baptized and to commune with Him. Not accepting the authority of the church that He began with Peter. Not extending grace and forgiveness to our enemies and to others. And these folks who have have forsaken Christ are forsaken. They are like dead men walking because they are walking this earth already in death, separated from God. Now let me just say it one more time being separated from God the Father is something up until that point on the cross Christ had not experienced. We all know the stories. We've read them over and over. We know how Christ went alone many times to spend time in fellowship with the Father, sometimes taking others with Him, but most time by Himself. He had that connection with God the Father that strengthened Him and enabled Him to be obedient. Enabled Him to go to the cross to live a sinless life, to bear our sins. But he had never faced this type of separation. And that explains his cry. That explains at that moment he felt forsaken. He who had no sin became sin. And he cried out. He could have easily said, Father, why have you forsaken me? I hope you can, I hope, I I've, I've hope in some s- small way I've helped you see the progression of Christ's words, help you see how his first thought was for forgiveness for all the people who were sinning and hurting him. How he reminded everyone that if you are with me, you you will be in paradise. But he was. We must let Jesus be human, not just divine. And in his humanness, you can hear the sadness about living, giving up his mother. And now, at this point, on the cross, you can feel and hear him thinking he has lost his connection to the Father. All the sin of the world. Think about the filth and the dirt of the sin of the world. To someone so pure and holy, it had to be an incredible moment. I do believe it was more painful than any nail or any beating that he he received but what is good news for us is this here's what's wonderful for us this is why we can still celebrate and enjoy everything that happened that day because we know that Christ has experienced the worst of, the, of anything that could ever happen to a human. He experienced it. He felt it. He was in agony. He took all of our punishment, all of our sins, and how anyone, in my opinion, who knows this story could ever question Christ's love for you or me I don't see how anyone who ever hears this story and takes it in couldn't ever question Christ's love for them. Which requires a response. A response. A response. I pray that you will never forget the pain and cry in this statement. I hope you will always think about it and realized that the sheer agony of being separated from the Father for that moment, even if it wasn't, but for a few moments, it was a moment of forsakenness that was incredible that He had to go through. But He went through it. So you and I would never have to. And that, I believe, deserves our praise and our thanksgiving and our love. Forgiveness, paradise, mother, forsaken. The end of our Lord's agony is near as we await at the foot of the cross for His next word. Amen. Let us respond to the Lord in our affirmation as we stand and join our voices. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God, who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated and let our ushers come forward so we can receive our offerings.
3: He was crushed for our sin
0: Let me remind you before I give you the benediction that if you will leave your chairs in place, it will help them to not set up. So don't take the chairs back, okay? May the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may the eternal triune God, one God now and forever, bless you and keep you forever. Amen.